You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. Cut the shit. I didn't get mad when you stole all my moves. Your daddy's not here anymore. It's how was your movie, by the way? Oh, I missed I, it. Mine, mine went straight to DVD, just like yours. Careful, you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. What is going on, everyone? It is episode 187 of the Russell Bread Podcast. My name is JV, the first effing lady of the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Be sure to check out all of our socials and everything like that. It has been a crazy week in wrestling. Uh, first of all, to all the moms out there, I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. Mine was a little quiet, didn't do too much. Um, I did get, as a gift, because uh, I'm a bit of a gamer, uh, I did get the new Jedi um, the new Jedi Survivor game. So hype about that. Can't wait to get into that game as well. And then as uh, we see from our friend Tony Khan, a uh, famous quote, I have an announcement. And this episode is called The Announcement for multiple reasons. Uh, first off, because of Tony Khan's announcement. And plus, I have an announcement as well. So let's get into the chats. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Tim King Show. What's up, JD? Also, Streets, Streetsathon, howdy, JD. What is going on, guys? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, happy Mother's Day to your wives, girlfriends, and all the women in your lives as well. Um Getting into some uh, a bit of uh, current events, not exactly news and rumors. Um, we had the first of all, the Sixers are out of the playoffs. Um, little sad about that. Uh, our coach got fired, um, so now they're looking for a new coach and everything like that. Um, like I had said previously, I don't really watch a lot of basketball. The last time I was like really into basketball was when Allen Iverson <laughs> was playing. Uh, and for my all my OGs, you know how long that was. So, you know, kind of hopped on the bandwagon just a little bit again. I know, you know, Joel and B trust the process and all that other stuff and everything. And I know we got James Harden, who is now a free agent now, too. So everything is up in the air. Okay. Um, so shout out, first of all, shout out to Circle Debate, my bloodline sister. Thank you so much for tuning in as well. Um, so yeah, the Sixers are out. Now we are looking towards the Phillies who have been up and down. You know, I uh, try to catch the games when I can, but I always get the alerts on my phone. I'm like, okay, I, they played yesterday. And I was like, oh, okay, the game is tied. Then like 15 minutes later, I get, a, I get an alert that, they lost like six to three or something like that, or six to four. So, you know, baseball season is going to run for the till like what September. So, the season will be up and down. You know, we won't really care about playoffs or anything like that until probably like August, July, or August when you know they're towards the 300 mark of all the games that they're playing as well. Um, so you know, there's that. We also had the football NFL schedule that came out, which is um, a lot of craziness. Uh, um, and I think I've talked about it before that the, uh, the Eagles are going to be playing on Christmas Day. So it's going to be a lot of kids that's going to be a little upset because mom and dad are going to be watching, you know, football. 
Um, of course, the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. I think the Cowboys play on Christmas Eve as well. A lot of Sunday night football games. Like I always say about the Cowboys, it doesn't matter how the season goes. They can go, you know, 15 and 0 and still get out the first round of the playoffs. So I don't really pay too much attention like, oh, my gosh, you know, win or loss here. I just care about are they going to make it out of the first round or whatnot. I was very shocked last year they got they actually won a playoff game. That was a big shocker. Uh, but then, of course, they got knocked out right right afterwards. So, you know, it's all about can they survive the playoffs, which probably will never happen because they're going to they can go they can go un, they can never win a game for the next five years and they'll still make money because it's the Cowboys. All the national, you know, all the national shows talk about them. Everybody tunes in to watch the Cowboys and everything like that. So it'll never end. So until they actually care about a um, the Lombardi trophy, they're never going to win a playoff game. Um What's up, Go Bears? <laughs> well, you know, you guys are starting to turn around as well. You guys are starting to turn around. But shout out to Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, Devin, the tribal chief of podcasting. Yes, and be sure to smash smash that like button and make that like button have a black eye like Brock Lesnar had last week. Okay? And be sure to subscribe as well. Put the ones in the chat and acknowledge us. All right? Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, football and the Cowboys, um, of course, everyone was talking about Micah Parsons. Uh, he is from the area over here in Philly. Um, I believe he went to Penn State and everything. He went to a Sixers game and wore a Sixers jersey and everything. And, and I believe he's friends with someone on the Sixers who plays on the Sixers or something like that, okay? The issue is, is that this week he shows up at a Celtics game and he is, you know, caught in 4k first of all talking to one of the players talking some oh i'm here to cheer you guys on and i may get a jersey one of your jersey and stuff like that bro first of all everyone in philly knows you pick a team and you ride that team to the ground usually about 90 percent of people in philly are eagles fans there's a portion that are cowboys fans and then there's a portion that are fans of all different teams but what you don't do is jump on the bandwagon, okay? That is called being a sports whore, okay? If you keep jumping on bandwagons, what, like a few weeks, he's going to start wearing a LeBron jersey, Thomas, I'm cheering on LeBron James at this point? No, okay? Sugly Hathaway said, you know, the worst crime is dick riding without a license, but I'm going to put it in a Philly way, okay? He is dick eating without a license, all right? That's what we say in Philly. Um, if Michael Parsons starts walking around trying to hop on the bandwagon of the Lakers, if somehow the Celtics get um, knocked out, I'm going to send a tweet, okay, to Jerry Jones Stephen Jones, Charlotte Jones, the grandkids, the kid that was playing football and everything like that. I'm tattling, all right. And he's not going to be allowed in Philly because you you don't you don't jump the bandwagons like that, okay? Not pub, especially publicly. You sat you sitting out here. I can see betting for the Celtics and stuff like that, but you talking about spending money and buying a jersey? Come on, come on, let's. He needs to sit down somewhere. All right. Um, 
So now after my uh, mini rant, let's go on to some news and rumors. So first off, um, rest in peace to Billy Graham, who had passed away yesterday at 79 years old. Um, if you don't know who he is, he um, he wrestled for mainly for NWA. He did wrestle for WWF. He wrestled for WWF. So before Vince McMahon Jr. came along, um, he was uh, he was the guy who defeated Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino was champion for like ten years, and um, Superstar Billy Graham was the one who defeated Bruno and held the title. Um, held it for under a year, I believe it was. Um, he officially retired in 1987. Um, he trained in the um, Heart Dungeon as well, and he wrestled for Stu Dungeon, uh, Stu Hart's wrestling promotion, I believe as well. And he is in the WWE Hall of Fame uh, in 2013. Um, he was, you know, was news out there previously that he was dealing with a lot of health issues and that he was on um, life support. And unfortunately, I believe he was taken off of life support um, not too long ago. So thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Um, he was wrestling before I even started watching. Like I started watching wrestling in 92. So I completely missed his error. Um, but, you know, hearing, watching like highlights and hearing people talk about him, stuff like that, he seemed like an awesome wrestler. Um, a lot of people kind of make comparisons to, um, I believe it was Hulk Hogan that they slightly, like he was a cooler heel version of um, Hulk Hogan as well. So, you know, just thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, and, you know, I hope that, you know, at least that he's not suffering or anything like that um, as well. Um, going into some other news as well. Uh, first of all, shout out to Kofi Weaston. One half of the Realest Motherfucking Podcast in New York, okay? Be sure to check out the Dirty Heels Podcast as well. Um, so going into some some other news and rumors, um, of course, we had the announcement um, that Tony Khan said last week was going to be an announcement for this week. And then he said this week that he has another announcement that will be next week which is why he is the quote of the day that I have on this whiteboard here. Um, so the announcement that TNT made at their, um, at their big spectacle today, uh, earlier yesterday was that um, AEW is going to have a second show called Collision, as we kind of figured. It's going to be Saturday nights from 8 to 10. And the other surprise is that it's going to be featuring um, wrestlers, that we haven't seen in a while, like Thunder Rosa, Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe, um, House of Black was featured on the roster as well, along with Miro and Andrade. So we found Andrade. Andrade is here. Um, don't know if it's going to be a brand split. There's no news about that. My personal opinion, I don't think it's going to be a hard brand split. I think it's going to be similar to what they kind of been doing, where they'll have people that'll be featured mainly on Collision, people will be featured mainly on Dynamite, and they'll just switch 
to and fro depending on the storyline kind of similar with jay cargill jay cargill is mainly on rampage of course she's a tbs champion but sometimes she'll be featured on um dynamite as well so that's how i think it's gonna go i don't think it's these rumors that everybody's talking about that um it's a brand split because we're separating people who don't get along which makes zero sense because they have pay-per-views every couple of months where everybody has to come together and if they don't know how to really handle each other personalities uh, at you know at that point then tony khan needs to do something else um I feel as though I'm happy that we got this second show. I'm hoping that this will feature wrestlers who aren't normally featured on Dynamite because Dynamite normally features the Elite, um, the Blackpool Combat Club, um, who else? Uh, the Outcasts, JAS. There are a lot of the factions are, prom- are dominantly featured on dynamite and we have a lot of people who will be on rampage but not a lot of people tune into rampage as often not a lot going on on saturday nights until we has their pay-per-views so they'll lose the audience for once once a month or whatever um so i'm hoping that i'm hoping there will be a, a soft bland, uh, brand split i should say um where people will be featured mainly on collision people will be featured mainly on dynamite but if the if the storyline calls for them to be on Wednesday or on Saturday, then let that be that. Uh, Devin said they should really do a hard brand split. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like not like somewhat of a hard brand split. I'm hoping like you know we'll stick, we'll see Miro and Andrade and stuff like that more on um, or more on Collision. I don't want it to be such a big brand split like we see with Raw and SmackDown, where it's like we'll never see Miro on Dynamite or anything like that. Like if the feud that Miro has is that strong, that it should be featured main event on on Dynamite, like we can have that happen, you know? Um, I'm just hoping that we're not going to have, you know, what we've seen, what we've seen in WWE from time to time where we had the elite being on dynamite and then the elite being on collision. Like, no, keep the elite on dynamite, you know, and like keep, keep people on one show each week. Like, I don't need to see, I don't need to see the elite on dynamite and collision each and every week. Like let them be featured mainly on dynamite. If you want to put them on collision for one week, you can do that, but let's not see them on dynamite that week either. So that's what I'm hoping is what's going to happen and because they have a big roster and they only had what three hours of tv especially now that they're no longer doing the youtube uh shows that we're only that we um should be seeing more people more often and i guess they're well no you can't really have rampage kind of a bit of a replacement for dark and dark elevation because you have wrestler like you have jay cargill on there who is tbs champion now, this is going to be, Collision is going to be on TNT until something sports-wise happens, and then they'll get kicked off, which I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I'm hoping that this Saturday show will sit at a hard, like, Saturday night. Like, TNT won't sit there and start kicking them off or anything like that, which I doubt that they um, will as well. 
Um, speaking of AEW as well, um, Xbox fans got a little bit of a treat because um, they saw the achievements for the AEW Fight Forever game. They're able to preload it as well, which means that the release date should be coming soon. Normally you can't pre-download anything until the release date is soon. Um, so the achievements or trophies for us for PlayStation uh, players as well was released. So there is a career mode called Road to Elite. Um, there is special matches, of course, the exploding barbed wire death match. Um, I believe the stadium stampede stampede is in there as well. Um, you're able to create a wrestler. You're able to create an arena. You're able to create a tag team as well. Um, you're also able to, uh, I believe, a faction. I don't think you're able to create a faction. I think you can join a faction as well. Um, so I'm pretty excited about this game. I'm really hoping, like, truthfully, I'm waiting to, I'm waiting for the release. I'm waiting well after release to, if I decide to get it, which I'm more likely going to, because um, I love the company, of course, that um, is behind the game. But I'm going to wait because I'm hoping that this isn't going to be a 2K20 type of situation because there has been so many issues and delays with this game. I'm hoping that it just does not come out buggy um, because of, you know, the releases and the situation with CM Punk. There was a leak um, that he is apparently still in the game. Who knows? Um, because they did not mention where AEW Collision is going to be at. The announcement for this week was that the um, AW Collision will be featured in Canada at first, and then it will come back to the States in New Jersey. Um, so, and he didn't announce where the first uh, AW Collision is going to be at, because obviously it's going to be in Chicago. Like, why, hold, why withhold where the first one's going to be uh, unless it is in Chicago and you want to make sure that the CM Punk situation is settled at first? before you announce it's in Chicago. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it is what it is until he, he makes a, another announcement. Um, but it's, this, it's rumored that he that CM Punk will be announced in a couple of days. Um, it's rumored that the um, AEW Fight Forever um, will be released around the time of Forbidden Door um, at the end of June as well. So we shall see what um, happens with all this. Um, so going over to WWE side, um, Seth Rollins has been um, has been photographed um, on the set of the Captain America: New World Order set for the movie. Um, there, he is um, part of. He's going to be playing one of the villains. Um, I forgot the exact role he's going to be playing, but he's going to be playing one of the villains as well. I can't wait to see that movie um, as well. I think Seth Rollins is going to kill it. Um, there's the rumor out there that they are hesitant to put the title on him because he may be filming and stuff like that, which is like, come on. Uh, we have seen with Roman Reigns that you're able to let the champion film things, go on vacation, disappear and stuff like that. And have everyone else hold it down. So I'm hoping that, you know, they'll put the title on him and not withhold it. So we'll see. Um, another rumor too, Nick Khan was at uh, a tech conference 
and he was asked about the um, upcoming TV deals for WWE. And he made mention, he kind of like dropped a hint that SmackDown may move or it does not have to be on um, on Fridays. Uh, so he said, quote, so for us with Friday Night SmackDown, which, by the way, was on Thursdays prior to going to Fox. It was on Tuesdays prior to that. We can go any night of the week. Um, so for entities looking for, hey, we want to program certain nights of the week, we think we're attractive to them as well. Um, first of all, let's not move SmackDown off of Fridays. If the WWE Insider is listening, please tell please tell Nick Khan don't move SmackDown off of Fridays. Like, where else is it going to go? Because, uh, you know, a lot of wrestling fans, Monday is Raw, Tuesday NXT, Wednesday is AEW, Thursday is Impact for those who watch it, Friday is SmackDown Rampage, Saturday is now going to be AEW Collision, Sunday is football, okay, or a, a day to rest, or unless what we're going to have next week, fucking three wrestling events going on in one weekend. Um, so no, we don't need SmackDown to move any other night. Like you want to move it to what Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. No, um, it's bad enough that WWE, um, has NXT battleground going on the exact same time as double or nothing. So people are going to have to have Shawn Michael eyes out here trying to watch both shows at the same time or something. Um, but no, we don't, we don't need all that. Like just leave it on Fridays. I don't mind, you know, on a Friday, just being able to chill and relax and kick, kick back and stuff like that. So we don't need, we don't need to do all that. All right. We don't need to do all that. Um, so getting into WWE, first of all, let's talk about the bloodline. All right. Not because it, we are the bloodline, but because once again, we have something else going on in the bloodline, which is just making everything just makes you go, hmm, okay. Um, so on SmackDown this past week, we had, of course, the fallout of what's been happening with the Usos, um, how they had lost the titles, tried to get a rematch, lost said rematch. They dedicated their... Um, they dedicated their rematch to Roman Reigns and they lost and Roman Reigns was not having it. Of course, Paul Heyman has been dropping hints of Solo possibly turning on his brothers um, or possibly the brothers turning on baby Uso, who knows. Um, but like I always said, the big thing that I love about um, the bloodline is that there's so many like things happening with the story is taking multiple turns and stuff like that. And it's their moneymaker. People tune in because Roman is there. Roman is like, even though he is a heel, he is one of the hottest things in WWE right now. The storyline of the bloodline is one of the hottest things going. And it kind of shows uh, because look how hot the storyline was as far as when Cody was going against Roman Reigns. And now it feels is not as exciting with Cody going against um, Brock Lesnar. Look at the storyline with Sami Zayn going against Roman Reigns. And now that Sami Zayn is outside of that storyline, pretty much. Um, I believe that they may be 
I believe they may be feuding. Well, of course, they're going against Roman and Solo. But however, their storyline is mainly just defending the tag team titles against different tag teams um, on Raw or SmackDown. And it's not as exciting as when um, when Sammy was going against Roman and the whole situation. Even with KO and Sami Zayn primarily going after the tag team titles, you know, with everything that was going on between Jay and Sammy um, as well. Not as exciting as it was, like I had said, with them just mainly defending their titles against other people. I mean, they had them in a six-man tag with Riddle um, at one point, as my phone reminds me that I need to drink water. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's such an exciting, it's an exciting time for us all for the bloodline. I'm very interested to see, like I said, um, how everything will start to break down. Like, is it going to be Jay turning on Roman Reigns? Is it going to be Jimmy turning on Roman Reigns? Is it going to be Solo turning on Roman Reigns to not turn on his brothers? It's like so many ways this can go. And once the bloodline starts to split, that's when I feel like Roman Reigns is going to eventually lose his title. And, you know, he'll really take a, you know, a, a very long vacation um, after that. Of course, there's the rumor that, you know, he'll be going further part time. I don't really mind it because with the booking of Triple H and from what we have seen, especially for Clash at the Castle, the roster is strong enough to put on a good show without having Roman Reigns there. And like I said, with Bianca Belair, we don't need the champion on every single, we don't need to see the champion at every single Raw or SmackDown defending the title every single week. Have your champion, your main champion pop in here and there, but the roster is strong enough to where as though you don't need the champion defending every single week. Uh, I know a lot of people feel that way. I mean, that's what they kind of did at um, back through, during Attitude Era. There were a lot of defending champions. And it was mainly because we had a lot of hot feuds, you know, with uh, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Rock, and, you know, Mick Foley, Undertaker, and stuff like that. Um, and even with the tag, well, not necessarily the tag teams, but mainly with the World Heavyweight title, we had, you know, defending champions and stuff like that and it kind of made it exciting that's because they have multiple stars so you won't get tired of seeing the champion because you had multiple stars you had multiple feuds that you can sit there and run with and things were a lot easier to book whereas though now today we don't have that many like main event superstars that really automatically draw an audience in like we have been seeing with Roman Reigns and I feel as though with Roman Reigns like taking a step back, it really gets an opportunity for WWE to really build up other people. Um, you know, we have Cody, we have Seth Rollins um, as well. We have Sami Zayn. It, it, we have Gunther as well. I mean, the match between um, Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Um, just we, it, it gives other people a chance to shine and grow. Um, from there as well. Um, yes, a lot of wrestling. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of wrestling that weekend. I mean, if I do the prediction show with the bloodline, that bad boy is going to be like 
five hours long. Shout out to you, Tim King. Um, Devin says, you dedicate a match to me and then you lose. I was like, get him, Tribal Chief. Um, <laughs> the Hulk Hogan WCW strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Roman Reigns was not happy that they dedicated a match to him and then lost. Like, you can't dedicate a match to the champion that's been champion for a thousand days and then you lose. That's kind of embarrassing. And because of that, what happens? Roman Reigns takes the matters into his own hands. And the um, Paul Heyman announced that um, we're going to have uh, at Night of Champions, KO and Sami Zayn going against Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. Um, so yeah, it's, we're going to have that. And I like it's it's some it's some people out there that's that's kind of wanting the chaos and have Roman and Solo win and have Roman Reigns walk around with four titles. A part of me kind of want that chaos too, just to see people's reactions, just to purely read Twitter, you know, that night and the next morning. I I knew I would get Devin with that one. Ooh, we tribal chief with four titles. Yes. I kind of maybe want to see that chaos. Uh, sh first of all, shout out to the Faction Cast podcast with the scissor me. I was going to say daddy ass, but you know, scissor me. Well, no, not. We're late night. So, okay. We'll take back fast <laughs> off what I just said. Scissors. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I didn't even have any wine tonight. So, wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a part of me wants that chaos just to read Twitter that night and the next night and just to see like how they're going to book it. <laughs> like give, like, do we want to give Roman Reigns the Triple H treatment? Like everybody has been putting out the memes and stuff like that of Triple H with all the titles like, do we replace that with Roman Reigns? <laughs> Tevin says, give me the chaos. Yes. <laughs> like, a part of me wants the chaos just to see it. Just to see how people would react to it, you know? Like, all those people that loved Roman Reigns, you know, when he was cool and stuff like that, before Cody, you know, before Cody came along. Like, you know, Tribal Chief, yes, and all that stuff. Like, are we keeping, are y'all keeping the same energy Give Roman all the titles. Give him the women's Raw and SmackDown title. The bring back the 24-7 title as well. <laughs> give him all the titles. Give him all the titles. But yeah, part of me wants to see the chaos from that. Um, now I read somewhere, at first I was a little confused because I'm like, I don't think Sammy can go over there due to religion. But I'm here, I don't, I didn't exactly read it myself but i've heard i've read from other people that apparently relations are clearing up between saudi arabia and syria so it's possible that Sami Zayn can go over there and that's why we're having this match but um i didn't i didn't double check that um i didn't double check that so we we shall see uh devin says yes preach sister the true belt collector <laughs> i mean yes yeah, you brought up that point. Yes, we we saw Kenny Omega 
going around to different companies collecting all the belts. He had what, like five belts at one point. Like, yeah, we can have Roman Reigns carry four titles around. Let's do it, you know? Let's uh, let's see how it works on the uh, WWE side as well. But yeah, so at Night of Champions, we are going to have Roman and Solo Sokoa going against KO and Sami Zayn. And he dedicated that match to the best tag team of all time. And, you know, Uso's like, oh, he's about to dedicate the match to us, Us. And then Roman Reigns said the Wild Samoans. <laughs> Their faces was just like, oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, Roman Reigns has been definitely like, he's been killing it on the mic. He's been like, oh my gosh, we have been so far away from the sucker, suffering succotash days. All right. But yeah, he's been killing it on the mic. The bloodline has been killing it and everything like that. Um, fun times lay ahead. But yeah, the the bloodline, like I said, is like one of the best things going. So I, I cannot wait to see what's the next thing that's going to happen. Um, the death stare he had for the Usos was prices. His facial expressions have definitely improved as well. Like I um I was watching, I don't know, I was watching something on Twitter or Instagram or something like that. And they were showing, of course, when he had the blue eyes and stuff. And um it was like Stephanie McMahon uh like cutting a promo against him or something, and he will always like start laughing and stuff like that. But he would laugh like, you know, how you would laugh when you're like nervous, that nervous laugh and stuff like that. Um, he would like always like smile when he shouldn't be smiling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe it was, maybe I was watching something of someone breaking character or something like that. I forgot it was that I watched, but yeah, so like far away from that character and his facial expressions his ad-libbing and stuff, like when people be sitting there talking, to, like talking on the mic, like he'll sit there and ad-lib and stuff like that, like spot on, like definitely a complete 180 from what we had all those years ago as well. Um, so yeah, the the bloodline has been killing it. And then you see, um, then Roman was like, I want an apology, <laughs> apologize to me because he y'all dedicated this match to me and y'all lost. He was like, I'm not even a tag team champion and you dedicated a tag team title match to me. And so I thought Jimmy was the one who was going to try to, you know, apologize and it would be Jay who don't want to apologize. But so it was very interesting to see that role reversal of what we initially expected because, you know, we see Jay Uso kind of hesitating and stuff like that. He had the chair. It looked like he wanted to hit Roman at a certain point. And we have now Jimmy who's sitting here like, I don't know. I don't want to apologize to you. And then Jay is the one who had stopped Jimmy and was like, we apologize. We apologize. So I'm like, okay. You know, I like the fact that like, we are not getting exactly what we're predicting. Like they're switching up a little bit because we expect we would expect it for Jay to want Jay to be the one 
to refuse to apologize and Jimmy be the one that cave in, especially the way that Jimmy's been acting as far as between baby Ooze and Jimmy Ooze. He's, but his head is in the clouds. He's sitting here happy-go-lucky. He has no idea what's going on. So to kind of see him react to Roman Reigns in that way was pretty interesting um, as well. So kudos to whoever has been behind the storylines with the bloodline and everything like that. Definitely have been killing it. Um, another thing has been killing it, first of all, is... Truthfully, in my opinion, this world title tournament match. Now, I am still slightly confused as to why we are featuring SmackDown people with this world heavyweight title that's supposed to be exclusively on Raw. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be patient about it. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna complain because look what the fuck we got going on right here for the match at Night of Champions. Um, Shout out to the Universal Wrestling Podcast. JD's in the house. What's good, Ooze? What is going on? Thank you so much for tuning in as well. Be sure to check out the Rus- the Universal Wrestling Podcast. All right. Um, yeah, I'm not complaining too much because, like, look what we got here. Okay. Uh, we have a match that we know is going to be five-star, that we know is going to be good. Probably match of the night. Okay. And... The triple threat matches, I wasn't even mad about, um, first of all. Uh, of course, with um, on Raw's side, we thought that we was going to have Cody win. Um, it was between like either Cody winning or um, Finn Balor winning. But of course, Cody got taken out by Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar was like, look at my face. Uh, because, you know, you can't go home to your wife with a big ass gash on your forehead and your eye black as shit. So Sable probably told him like, you need to get back out there and handle it. Cause no, uh, he's probably just pissed off about it. Um, you know, <laughs> so he was thinking about Cody more than he was thinking about Bobby Lashley. So he went out there and handled his business. So, uh, as we know, we're going to get, um, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes at night of champions. Um, and so it led to Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, which I had talked about in the last episode as well, which was a great match. And then on the other side, first of all, hello, it's 2023, and we have a match between AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, and Edge. Like, whoa, who rewind the time here, okay? And not only did we have those three in a ring, it was a very good damn match. It didn't feel like we was watching three people who have are like past their prime or anything like that. It felt like we was watching them from 20 years ago. It was a great match. A lot of like unique offense as well. Um, first of all, and we had AJ Styles who won here. And then we had the other triple threat match where Bobby Lashley got like cut open. Um, I forgot who was in that. It was Bobby Lashley... Um, the Miz and Bronson Reed, I think it was. I think it was, that's who it was. I think it was those three. And that was a hard hitting match, which was complete different from what we saw in the earlier match where there was a lot of um, high flying and stuff like that, of course. Um, uh, Devin said, average age of 40 in that ring. Exactly. Like, 
it's the craziest thing. It was such a good match. That match was better than people who are half their age that we've seen in WWE and in AEW. Okay. Yes, I fired shots at both companies. But yeah, that match was that triple threat match was so good. Both triple threat matches was good. Because the one where Bobby Lashley was in, it was very hard hitting, very grounded. And whereas though in this triple threat match, it was, you know, aerial moves, you know, fast paced, high flying and stuff like that. And I, I love that. I love where we can have different wrestling styles and different type of wrestling matches because it could work. Like I'm, I am a girl that loves my spots and stuff like that. I love my luchas and everything, but I love my tech. I love my technicians. I love technical wrestling. I love storytelling. I just love good wrestling matches. Like if you can give me a good wrestling match, whether you want to high, you want to, you know, safely jump off of ladders and stuff like that and run ropes and everything like that and do the flippity floppity stuff. Or if you want to be technical, like we saw like matches with Brian Danielson in there and stuff like that, or intense storytelling as well. I love it all. Okay. I love it all. Um, Devin says, WWE has been giving us more blood lately. A bit weird. It is a bit weird. I was completely shocked when Brock Lesnar got busted open. And I thought that the screen was going to turn black and white. I thought the camera was going to cut away or something like that. But of course, it's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar gets to do whatever he wants. But then we had it with Bobby Lashley. And it's like, wow, like we're, we're okay with this. And I don't know, but I feel like we should be saying thank you, AEW, for this. Uh, because WWE definitely stepped away from blood before all this. And then once we see, you know, AEW is doing blood uh, outside of John fucking Moxley, okay, who bleeds by blinking sometimes, that the crowd responds to, you know, that crowd is responding to blood. It's not like, parents are freaking out and they're not on the news because you know blood and stuff like that that WWE is like coming around to it as well it's a very weird time that we are in um like i'm i'm confused at when did we hop the different universe or something uh because in this universe triple h is in charge and we got blood again in WWE and good matches and good like more than one good storyline going as well like it's a very weird time in WWE. Um, maybe because we're just so used to PG era going on for like forever um, as well. It's just a very, it's, it, it's a, it's very weird. Um, Tim said, Seth and AJ is going to be a banger. Yes. Bang your chest over and over again, because this one is going to be a banger. Okay. First of all, I'm a fan of both these guys. First of all, I'm a fan of this guy right here. Okay. AJ Styles, all right. I now I'm not an indies person. Okay, I was a WWE head for the longest of times. So I missed all of LOL TNA. I miss all of A of TNA AJ Styles stuff like that. I miss all of AJ Styles in um in New Japan and stuff like that. But I heard rumors of him being a free agent, stuff like that, people freaking out. I've heard of the name AJ Styles, of course. I've heard of him. Um, I just never sat down and watched the match. So when I heard he was coming, I looked him up. I was like, this guy's amazing. And then, of course, he debuted at Royal Rumble. And then we just see him go on and on uh, through 
WWE, especially his feud with John Cena. Like anyone who can make John Cena look like a fucking wrestler, not a sports entertainer, a wrestler. John Cena pulled out what a six move off of this or something like that. Like John Cena was wrestling like he was not not like not Brian Danielson type of um status, but few notches under it. Like he was actually wrestling. And I was like, that really speaks volumes to AJ Styles. Uh, Devin says, I love me some WWE. I know you love you some WWE, okay? For AEW, I know your word is passable, okay? <laughs> but yes, I love I love me everything. I Because I've been to a few indie shows where I am one of 200 people down in the ECW arena here in Philly. And um, crazy, right? So side story. I found I found my old photos and videos that I took uh, because, you know, Google Photos or whatever loves to tell you, hey, this is what happened six years ago. Remember this from seven years ago? You looked a little happier then. A lot of things happened then. Um, so my phone, somehow I found these photos that I took. Um, the first time that I found, like, like I really started tuning in to Indies wrestling. Um, I was walking to my old job up in the far, far Northeast. And I was near the armory. And there was a sign out there of an advertisement for um, House of Hardcore. And Ric Flair was going to be there signing autographs. Um, Devin says, hey, Passable is not so bad. <laughs> I know. It's just how you define it, though. Don't let... Don't let uh, Hafiz hear you say the word passable. That's going to turn into a whole 20-minute conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that Ric Flair was signing there. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, Ric Flair is going to be there and stuff like that. And I forgot who else was going to be there. I think Terry Funk was there as well. Um, and Sandman as well. Um, so I was like, all right, well, I'll check it out. You know, Ric Flair is going to be there and stuff like that. So I went, the tickets were like maybe 30 bucks or whatever. And I was in the second row. So I was hyped because, you know, you don't really get to sit that close up front at WWE shows. So I was there in the second row and stuff like that. Literally walked past by Ric Flair signing autographs. He walked behind me when, during the show and I wooed at him. He wooed back at me. <laughs> Life. Uh, and then, um, first of all, and then I actually saw Sandman enter, um, actually saw a Sandman entrance live. Scared the hell out of me because, first of all, I'm not exactly a beer drinker. And so I know that he pours beer into people's mouths, stuff like that. And I was like, if he comes over and wants to pour the beer, wants me to drink the beer, like it's pressure first of all, peer pressure, uh, 1990s, hello, of people staring at me, wanting me to participate with this. And I'm have to be like, I don't drink beer. I don't want to smell like beer. Like, it's not like he's going to pour a sip for me to drink. He's going to douse me with the fucking beer. And so it was pressure there. He went to the woman next to me. That's how scared I was. He went to the woman next to me and he poured the can of beer into her mouth. And she like, 
of course got all it it got all over and stuff like that like stone cold and stuff and it scared the hell out of me because i like started to i started to back up just a little bit because i'm like i don't want him to stand in front of me like you're cool as shit and stuff like that but i don't want to participate in this i pay 30 bucks just to watch your entrance i don't want to participate but the funny thing is right in one of the videos that i have saved it was a match of um i forgot who i forgot exactly. it was a match with scott steiner in it and he was going against the team of eddie kingston and homicide i'm like i <laughs> i saw eddie kingston before i i saw him in AEW. well no i saw him in nwa but i never connected the dots that i saw this motherfucker in the indies before and then of course after i saw that one show in philly they came again um i was like oh man this is really fun you know it's a lot of people there and i saw um i think mick foley was there too uh they went to new york not new york city new york i mean middle of nowhere new york and my dumb ass decided that i we were going to take a scenic route instead of going i-95 to new york last time i will ever do something like that okay when i say scenic route i mean like through the woods type of situation like if the car was going to break down we would have been featured and i know what you did last summer type of situation definitely like where you would see jeepers creepers type of back back roads craziest thing Never again will I do that. I will take I-95 because I was like, no, let's not take I-95. It may take too long because we were driving directly from Philly to the show in New York. Uh, I forgot the name of the city. It starts with a P. It's very it's hard for my Philly accent to pronounce. But we could have took I-95 and I was like, no, let's not take I-95 and make it, you know, it may traffic jam we'll be late for the show let's take this scenic route it'll get us there in two hours never again and it was dark too and you know how it is with them scenic routes there were no there weren't exactly lights and stuff and so i was praying to god so many times that night and i was like never again of course when we went back we went down i-95 because i was like never again will we do that and then because because of the route that we were going we had to go into jersey and driving in philly and driving in jersey two different things if you ever drove in jersey you know you can't do a lot of things that you do in philly the moment we crossed the bridge into jersey we got pulled over for speeding <laughs> so i i don't like i never drove in jersey i don't think i will ever drive in jersey even though if i want to go to the shore i have to go to jersey i probably may take a i probably may take newark transit or something like that um oh wow cool story first lady yeah so it's crazy i saw eddie kingston in la i saw eddie kingston in homicide in person before i knew who they were and that was the and then when i went to the, so when i went to new jersey the show in new york that was the first time I saw the Young Bucks. And I was like, I love these freaking guys. Because they were sitting there talking mad shit during their match like they usually do. And I was like, these guys are awesome. And then, um, of course, that's when... Then I saw that they uh, House of Hardcore was going back to the ECW arena. And I went there. And that's when I, I paid for um, an autograph. No, I didn't pay for an autograph. I paid for a picture with IRS. And I'm, I was a 
fan of IRS. I also saw Francine there. Of course, Tommy Dreamer was there as well. Um, and I think that's when I saw the Young Bucks again, too. But yeah, my phone reminded me that I'd like, honey, you saw you saw Eddie Kingston in person before. Like, but I definitely remember Sandman. <laughs> Tim said, I love to have Sandman pour a beer on me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people would have loved it. Listen, if I was a beer person, I would be 100% down for it. But I'm not a beer person. And I can, like, I knew, like, I would be, like, it'll be so many damn cell phones pointing at me <laughs> if I was a participate. Because I, I, I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the taste of beer. So I will spit it out. First of all, I'll start making faces because I'm a face type of person. And then, like, Sandman probably will whoop my ass with the Kindle stick or something. So, like, I... That's why I slowly backed up. I looked at the, the hubs was with me and I was looking at him like if he comes over, like you're going to have to sacrifice yourself. He was the he he drunk beer at that time. And it's like you have to sacrifice yourself and your clothing because you're going to get beard poured all over you. Um, it's not happening with me because I'm not a beer person. <laughs> Devin is laughing. Uh, Dream Ash Championship Wrestling said beer is disgusting. I had, I sipped beer like maybe once and I was like, no, which is a shame, I guess, because everyone, in, well, there's so, and I was talking about this with my uh, Bloodline brothers. In Philly, there's two different places to get liquor. You either get, you either go to the wine and spirits for your wine or you go to the beer store. And I'm a wine type of girl, so I don't really go to the beer store. Like, I'm not a, I'm not like a butt light or anything like that. But when Four Locals was out, like I sipped on that, and it felt like I was drinking like straight up gasoline. So, yeah, um, that's like I guess the closest I will get as far as with beers is the Four Locals. But yeah, like butt light and all of them, I don't know. It's it's a certain taste with beer that I just can't handle. It's the same thing with coffee too. I'm not the biggest coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker either. Um, it's 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 this taste in coffee that I, is just not drive driving with me. Maybe like one day if work ever gets me like super depressed or something, maybe. But uh, if I need caffeine or anything like that, I would rather drink Mountain Dew or something. Like I would rather eat something that has. Something else that has caffeine in it. Uh, Devin said, any other wrestler, Tim, would have been a solo. <laughs> Beer is what? Solo. Exactly. Solo Solo wasn't even wrestling back then. And I'm sure Solo would have came in and just thumbed the shit out of me. <laughs> so Samoa spiked me out of nowhere uh, back then. But yeah, my phone reminded me, like, yeah, you saw a lot of people back then. At, that you're watching now in AEW. And it's funny, like, well, because what attracted me to Eddie Kingston was his promos. And so I, he didn't cut a promo or anything like that then. And, but it just blew my mind that I, I like, I saw Eddie Kingston before I saw him in, in NWA and stuff. Um, so yes, Tim, as Tim is laughing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, it it was cool seeing Sandman do his entrance live because I was underage technically for ECW when it was really popular. So I had never been able to go inside the ECW arena. But it was cool to be able to go inside the ECW arena and stuff like that. And to see Sandman and like Terry Funk and stuff like that. It was a lot of a lot of legends that I saw with watching House of Hardcore. So I'm always cool with indies, indie shows and stuff like that. Cause you get to see wrestlers that you don't get to see. Like I'm sure now if Ric Flair was doing a signing for WWE, you would have been paying like $300 or something like that. Well, not 300, but like a hundred something dollars. And to get his signing there, I think it was like 50 bucks or something like that. I paid like 20 bucks to get a picture with IRS, which I still have to this day. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a fan of the indie shows. And of course, there's a lot of funny things and cool stuff going on as well. But yeah, um, so yeah, uh, AJ Styles, I had looked him up from when he was, you know, over in New Japan and stuff like that. I forgot what match I looked him up to see. I definitely watched a lot of highlights and things of him when I was looking him up. But when I heard that Shinsuke Nakamura was coming, I did watch the match between him and AJ Styles. And then, of course, I watched his entrance at um, Wrestle Kingdom 8, which definitely sold me there. I'm like, this is the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> but listen, the match between these two guys here, it's going to be a banger. Bang your chest. It's going to be a banger. This is going to be match of the night. Like, we haven't seen, first of all, we haven't seen these two wrestle each other since 2019, Okay. And Seth Rollins here has upgraded since 2019, all right? He he was pulling out moves on Finn Balor that we never seen before. I've never seen a front-face curb stomp, okay? A front-face curb stomp that went into the curb stomp, all right? And so I can only imagine what the fuck these two are going to do on Night of Champions. So give them their time. I'm hoping this match goes 20 minutes, yo. Give us a solid match. Don't let this, you know, in and in, in like a dumbass double counter or DQ or anything like that. I want a motherfucking clean ass finish. Really, I don't even mind who wins it. I know a lot of people are hoping that Seth Rollins wins the title here. I will not be mad if AJ Styles wins it here and then comes over to Raw. Um, I guess then he would have to come. I guess the OC would have to come with him or something. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to work it out. I'm sure Triple H will let us know. But yeah. I cannot wait to see this match between these two. Um, of course, I'm a big fan of AJ Styles, but I respect the hell out of Seth Rollins and what he has done, especially when he was in the Shield too. Uh, I respect the hell what Seth Rollins does. This man is a workhorse. Even though people is like, oh, he's going to win it because he's Triple H baby boy. I say he deserves it. This motherfucker has been holding it down, sitting there. This motherfucker lost, what, three times to... Cody Rhodes and turned around and is now like his entrance stuff like that. They sing his song and everything with him and everything. So, okay. I do not mind. I do not mind this at all. So if, Tri if Triple H decided to bring in SmackDown people because he thought of this scenario right here, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. I know a lot of people are upset because SmackDown people are in it, but I'm not going to complain because look what we got here, okay? I don't know who else they would have put 
for, I mean, I guess they could have done Seth versus Finn Balor for the um, heavyweight title at Night of Champions. But slightly, truthfully, I'd rather see this match a lot more. Um, Tim says, Seth got to win, 100% LOL. Yeah, Seth do got to win. Like, Seth is the one who definitely deserves the title the most because he has been putting it down. He's been putting it down. However, if AJ Styles win this title, I will not mind seeing AJ Styles with the title again. Last time he had the title, he was, you know, the face that runs the place and we had all that. And I beat John Cena. I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing you know, all that all over again. Um, Devin says, yeah, good point, First Lady. I don't care who wins this match. Yeah, I don't really mind who wins this match. I just want to see a good-ass match between these two. I'm hoping this match goes for 20 minutes. Give us what we want. Give us what we want. I hope this goes for 20 minutes. All right. Um, but yeah. Uh going into we're gonna keep going into um some more recaps. Leave us AEW right there. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna go into some more recaps of what happened between um, Raw and SmackDown before we go to AEW. First of all, um, everyone loves Mommy. Mommy is getting the Mommy chance. Um, I believe they were in Texas for SmackDown or uh, SmackDown Raw. One of them. They were in Texas. Shout out to them for being loud as all hell too. Um, a lot of Mommy chants. Um, everyone loves mommy and Dom. I thought it was just Puerto Rico that, you know, I've seen it. We've seen it in other places, but I thought like Puerto Rico was like the top notch of how much heat Dom will get. Um, but Dom was not able to speak on raw. I think it was raw or SmackDown. One of them too. Um, he couldn't even get a word in. He was, they were judgment day was there with KO and Sami Zayn. Actually, I think it was Raw. KO and Sami Zayn was there, and Dominic was not able to get a word in because they were booing the hell out of him. I'm like, this man has surpassed nuclear heat. He is at galactic heat, man. To the point, like, every city you in, you can't even speak, yo. You can't even speak, and all you did was tell your mama to shut up, and you, you know, slap your dad and stuff like that. But all you did was was do like do this stuff, and and then next thing you know, like no one is letting you speak. That is crazy. First of all, that is crazy. Um, and also, first of all, shout out to uh, Kira Dezawa. Um, for these past couple of times, he'll see he saw Rhea Ripley and he noped his way out of there. And then he saw Gunther and he's noped his way out of there. I don't blame him. First of all, I wouldn't exactly walk away from Rhea Ripley. I would respectively, you know, respectively let her walk past by. Uh, and I probably would have a big cheese, big cheese ass smile, like Chester Cat smile on my face. Um, but yeah, Tozawa is like, listen, I don't get fucking paid enough for this shit. And he uh, stepped away. Future debate. Who's the better heel? Dom or MJF? Hmm. Dom has definitely been growing on me. Dom has definitely been growing of me. Um, see, with, between Dom and MJF, like, there are two different types of heels. 
MJF, he is just like a straight up asshole heel. Like we wouldn't like some of the things that MJF does, we will not see Dom does. Like, you know, splashing the kid with water or tequila, whatever. We won't see Dom do that. Even though he did it to his sister, like we won't see Dom do that. Like we won't see um, you know, of course, MJF will take it there, you know, as far as cutting promos and stuff like that. MJF, his his deal and his heat with people, his heat, it's he has issues with everyone. All right. Dom just has an issue with his deadbeat dad. You know, Dom has it. Dom's reason why Dom is here. If we really like bring it down and really think about it, Dom is actually healed because of his dad. He feels as though his dad's deadbeat. You know, he wanted the attention and the love from his dad. He probably saw on Peacock or WWE Network that he was adopted. Okay, because his real dad is Eddie Guerrero, and he just wanted to know, he just wanted love from Rey Mysterio, and he didn't get it, and so, of course, he landed into the wrong crowd. Like I said, Dom is technically a Disney villain. He Dom landed with the wrong crowd, okay? He got suckered in, he changed his look, you know, where he's with the cool kids, he's wearing the cool clothes and stuff like that, landed in jail, jail done changed this kid, and now he talks about how he has done hard times and stuff like that. And his anger and everything is mainly with his deadbeat dad. <laughs> like, it's not, he was upset with Edge because Edge was like, you know, you kept this damn secret from me as well that I was a, technically adopted and that Eddie, Eddie, um, and that Eddie Guerrero is my actual dad. So his beef is simply with, his dad. Whereas though MJF, he just says things. He just just goes off the um goes off the mouth. Uh, Tim says I like to see what MJF could do under a WWE roof. He couldn't say the stuff he says in WWE, which gives him a lot of this heat. Definitely. I mean, he keeps on saying like bidding war of 2024, and he wants to go to WWE and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, you go ahead over to WWE. Like he will actually turn into the Miz. He will actually turn to the Miz because a lot of the things he says he cannot do. A lot of the things that he does at signings and stuff like that because he's an asshole at signings. He'll curse at kids, talk about them, talk about their parents and stuff like that. Um, as uh, Devin is agreeing with uh, 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 Tim's point, um, MJF will curse at kids and stuff like that. He'll call them names and everything. He won't sign or anything. He won't sign people. He won't, he'll put middle fingers up at people when they try to take pictures and stuff like that. You can't do that under WWE. Under WWE, you are only a persona when you're on the TV. But when they send you out there to do community service and stuff like that, you better turn that frown into upside down, my friend. Okay. Because uh, we saw it with Damian Priest. Damian Priest could have easily, you know, stayed uh, as a heel or something like that. Um, but we saw him out there with community and things like that. Um, we didn't really see Dom, uh, of course, too much out there in the community because of the nuclear heat he has gotten. But yeah, you no, you can't do the things that MJF is doing, which is like, if I'm MJF, I would be dying to stay in AEW because... Tony Khan's letting you get away with a lot of shit that you will not be able to get a lot of, uh, you know, you won't be able to do in WWE. Like, only Brock Lesnar really can sit there. We saw him put up middle fingers and, you know, do whatever he wants to do. 
Um, MJF ain't gonna be able to do that. And I don't, it don't even matter if you're cool with Cody Rhodes, Mr. Adversity, it don't matter. Okay, you won't be able to do half of the stuff that you're doing in AEW. You won't be able to curse, you won't be able to put middle fingers, you won't be able to um you won't be able to tell off your boss. Can you imagine him trying to turn tell off Triple H? I mean, I know Triple H ain't won't be able to do anything because he officially retired from wrestling. Uh, but he's gonna send in his kids, okay? He has a whole generation of kids that will whoop your ass backstage. So MJF better calm down. Like, yeah, you may get a good pay day from WWE possibly, but they're gonna tell you to shut the fuck up and go wrestle 200 days a year. And you're going if we want you to lose to bum ass Baron Corbin, you're gonna lose to bum ass Baron Corbin, and there ain't much that you can do about it. If you don't like it, we we'll pay you to sit at home, and you will not appear on any. Uh, you will be forbidden from appearing on any uh, blog, from any um, from any podcast, from any interview. Okay, you will not be able to say anything on TikTok, on anyone's Twitter. Okay, on Facebook. All right, nothing. <laughs> Tim says, ooh, that's something I wouldn't mind seeing. What, him go, him losing to bum-ass Baron Corbin? <laughs> yeah, like, you better sit down and chill, yo. Like, if they decide, if they're gonna, if they decide to turn you into what we see with Mustafa Ali and Mr. Positivity and Think Positive, if they decide to if they decide to make you into the latest edition of the Maximum Male Models, like, you better chill out, okay? Like, Triple, I've said it plenty of times, Triple H can be Betty Petty, Petty Betty if he wanted to, all right? You go ahead and do your thing. Like, Cody, Cody is protected from what we'd see, but you probably won't survive that, all right? Um, welcome to WWE, bitch, LOL, all right? Triple H will sit there and call Vince to book your ass, okay? You better calm the fuck down, all right? You can't come in there with the same, you can't come in there with the same attitude or the same energy as you was with AEW, all right? You better, you better chill out. Like, Triple H will call Vince, be like, hey, you want to book this guy? I'll give you full control to book MJF. You better watch out, man. You'll come, you'll become Doink the Clown 2.0. You gonna sit there and play around, okay? Like they, like the guy said on that TikTok, fuck around and find out. The more you fuck around, the more you will find out. You'll turn and you'll be the sin emoji, okay? <laughs> you will be the sin emoji, all right? You bet. Don't play with WWE. They'll they'll give you everything. Oh, full control. You say yes, all right? Your name will no longer be MJF, okay? They'll sit there and turn you into a Sesame Street puppet, all right? Your name, they'll change your name. You will not be MJF anymore because they're good. They're good with changing names. Even Triple H have changed people's names, as we saw in NXT, okay? Kana turned into Asuka, okay? So they'll change your name. You will no longer be MJF, all right? You'll be Johnson, Joe Johnson or something like that, okay? You'll be Frank. You'll be sit there with um, what's his name, Tony D'Angelo and stuff like that. You better chill out. 
uh, chill out. They'll turn you into a security guard on a during someone's entrance. All right. They going they'll do to you exactly what they had you do previously, playing that security guard against Mo and Joe, and someone push you up against the wall again because you sitting there trying to walk too damn fast. <laughs> All right. Don't let don't let the shine and success of Mr. Adversity, okay, fool you. All right. They'll book you. This is the same people that have done like this is the same people that renamed L.A. Knight to, uh, what, is, what was his name? Um, what was his name? Max Dupree, okay? Uh, even Triple H have his issues as far as booking. I mean, we've seen what happened Raw after Mania, all right? We've seen what happened to Karrion Cross. okay? So MJF better calm down. MJF better calm down. You're going to be sitting there crying to Tony. Tony, I'm sorry. Please take me back. <laughs> and speaking of returns, we got Apollo Crews coming back. Um, he's ready to take over Raw. And I'm like, bro, he ain't even take over NXT. You ain't win not one title. You had one title shot. You sat there and was seeing shit from the future and stuff like that. And apparently you did not see the fact that you were going to lose that damn title shot in the future. All right. You were sitting there looking at the future and how you're going to react to stuff like that. And um, he probably did. He probably actually did see the future, saw that he was going to lose that title match. It was like, you know what? I'm taking my ass back up to the main roster. <laughs> but we will see. We will see how they're going to book Apollo Crews this time. Um, hoping that he connects a little bit more to the audience. Because um, he was, he, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they do something else with him. Like you can't be the smiley the smiling, happy guy on the main roster, you have to, like, that's not a character, you know? Even though they're kind of doing it with Ali, which I'll get into um, in a little bit. But yeah, he, I don't know. I, I don't know what we're going to do with him. Maybe team him up with Omos or something like that. Um, you know, turn him into an almost sapien. <laughs> we'll see. Um, also, too, the Irish ace is here. First of all, um, people were at first a little bit upset with JD because he was in the battle royale and then he attacked Dolph Ziggler. So it looks like that may be the first feud. And then we had that great ass video package of, you know, he looks, he looks really good. First of all, he was dressed in a black suit like judgment day, but he looked cool as all hell, of course. Um, and then we saw, um, was it Kathy Kelly? I forgot who it was. Uh, interviewing as he was leaving and he was talking and then you see Finn Balor pulling up like fucking Batman in the shadows watching him leave out which you know of course we kind of figured that he would eventually join Judgment Day um he him and Finn Balor has history of course um I kind of like I I know people are like oh he should be by himself first which is cool if this was NXT but with the main roster it's very best that he gets put with Judgment Day just to put him out there and put him in a good spacing with the crowd. Because we've seen with the casual crowd what happens if you do not give a good impression or if you do not put someone in a pretty good feud. I mean, look what happened with Karrion Cross. He was put immediately towards what seemed like the main picture, main main title picture and everything like that. Had a very good feud with Drew, uh, Drew uh, McIntyre. 
um, lost. And then it kind of trickled down from there and he didn't become popular at all. Um, also look at um, Hit Row as well. Um, they, it was a bit of promise with them coming back and stuff like that. And then they re- pretty much have been booked as jobbers. Don't even know where they're at right now. Okay. So with um, JD, um, uh, Devin says, they JD looked like a star. They did. They made him look like a star. And I love it. I was a fan of his when he came over from NXT UK. Um, and I wasn't, when they did the 2.0 and they changed up his name like that and stuff like that. And it felt like they like, don't like they dialed him down a little bit. So I'm hoping now that he is up on the main roster, he's, you know, possibly going to be with Judgment Day and everything like that, that we dial him back up just a little bit again. Um, it was, but it's a lot of promise with what we saw on that um, video package as well. It's some people who are a bit upset that he is um, being put with Dolph Ziggler. But let's be honest, being put with Dolph Ziggler is like the perfect thing for someone starting out, especially someone... If you want them to be menacing, you know, you want them to come out like, yeah, like menacing, you know, crazy or something like that. Dolph Ziggler is a perfect person to do it with because Dolph Ziggler will sell your moves like crazy. Okay. So I can only imagine when JD starts doing, especially the head button, all the other stuff, Dolph is going, Dolph is going to be dead. He's going to sell his moves like crazy and it's going to put JD over. And so... Yes, let him feud with Dolph Ziggler, all right, and eventually get him, you know, look menacing enough to so that when he joins Judgment Day, he, like think about it, he has to he has to be up there with you know the people of ju- with everyone in Judgment Day. Everyone in Judgment Day are like popular and like booked like main like main event type of situation here. Okay, we had. Um, Damian Priest, who just had an excellent match with Bad Bunny, of course, being put on the map. Now people are saying he should have a, a title run at some point. Dominic, who is like the biggest heel in WWE with the galactic heat. Of course, Rhea Ripley, first of all, mommy, hello. You can't get any, you can't get any higher than mommy. And then Finn Balor, who first of all, Mr. 14 staples and stuff like that. So for JD to actually get put with Judgment Day is actually a big-ass compliment to him that they feel as though he can be as big of a star main event as um as them. Yeah, he looked awesome after the Battle Royal. He did, and Dolph Ziggler sat there and sold that attack perfectly. Like, I'm a big fan of Dolph Ziggler and his selling and stuff like that. He sells perfectly. He needs to do, he need to do a school solely on how to sell because he can sell he sells moves and he'll like make it look like he made the monkey flip look like he like like a finisher okay uh, um i remember that he sat there and made a monkey flip look like a finisher the way he sold it and so yeah i think it's perfect that we have jd going against Dolph Ziggler right here maybe you know with Dolph Ziggler selling and press Finn Balor enough to actually start recruiting him and then imagine what we will get with the judgment day. Okay. Especially if you want him to be a full ass big heel, you team him up with, first of all, you can team him up with Dominic, 
have Finn and Damian Priest go after singles titles or whatever. You know, have Finn dabble um, eventually with Roman Reigns or something like that. Um, don't do the fucking demon shit and have him revile, you know, have him resuscitated by music and fall off fall off of the uh, top rope because I guess God or something like that. They never explain why that rope fell. And then have Damian Priest sit there and go after, um, I guess it would be Gunther. Yeah. Have him go against Gunther or whatever. And like, and have those two and have Dominic and JD go after the um, title. Or you can even have Finn and JD team up and go after the tag team titles or something like that. Have Dominic stick with the Galactic Heat and have Damian Priest go after a singles run as well. So, you know, it's a lot of possibilities that we can have here, but I have a lot of faith in JD that I think that they'll be able to book him pretty well as well. Um, of course, Bloodline Entertainment Network, be sure to check us out. If you see, you see all the information down below, check out the website for all your information. So many good articles out there, um, as I do the shameless plug, of course. So many articles out there, of course, about fantasy baseball, fantasy football. I mean, don't go out here and get the shit from people who are only writing these articles because they want to put over the people who are sitting there whispering in their ear to plug them, okay? These are people who actually play fantasy football, and these are people who actually know what they're saying, okay? I've learned a few things, you know, I was watching um, Roto Slappers uh, talking about, um, was it Roto Slappers? Yeah, about fantasy baseball and everything like that. And, you know, fantasy football too, um, who they're, be sure, like I said, check out the website. Um, you'll be hearing a lot of things of who to draft and stuff like that as we now slowly go into fantasy football season. So yeah, check out the website. And instead of clicking to go to all these different websites, um, especially if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of sports, you're a fan of entertainment, you're a fan of sports entertainment, check out the Bloodline Network website. And, and first of all, if you love this podcast, which I'm sure you do, there's a lot of other podcasts too that you can watch as well. All right. And I'll be running them down once I do my closing and everything like that. So be sure to check out the website, Bloodline Network. Dot com put the ones in the chat and acknowledge us okay how many times i gotta say that and like i said be sure to like and subscribe as well if you love what i'm doing here i come to you every week on thursday live l-i-v-e live at 9 p.m e-s-t as we see tim putting the ones up in the chat as well um, so we had the battle royale for the number one contender for um, Gunther, and we saw Mustafa Ali won, which I was pretty shocked about. Um, he is going around being happy-go-lucky and saying, you know, you got to be positive and stuff like that. Not the biggest fan of it, probably because, I don't know, I feel like no one could ever be truly good. Um, and I'm about to quote um, Malachi Black's old theme of nobody could ever... No one is ever truly good. No one is ever truly evil. So, Mr., you have to be positive and cheesing and thumbs up and stuff like that. I don't know. It's too, it comes off, it does, it comes off as not genuine. So I don't know. 
I'm hoping that we get something else better for Ali, but I guess if this is what gets him into having a match, a title match, then fine. Um, but we see Gunther, you know, coming out, standing on the uh, commentator table, sitting there pretty much like, you know, my name is Gunther. You're going to fucking love me at the end of the day. And you're going to respect me as your champion here on Raw. And he came out with the red like he used to. I know he switched to black for a little bit, but he's back in the red. Of course, I love my, I love red. Red is my favorite color. I'm an Aries, duh. Yes, red all the way. And so, yeah, I, I'm loving Gunther in red. Um, For all my OGs who remember the commercial of the lady in red, I see Gunther. Every time I see Gunther in red, I have to shout out Gunther in red. I can't sing. I, I know it, but. If you know the melody that I'm talking about with the lady in red, just replace lady with Gunther and you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um, not too much happened on SmackDown. Um, of course, we got Ronda Rousey, who is back now. Um, they're going after the tag team titles. No shocker there. Um, Bianca was doing a celebration. Asuka came out, clearly had the, the uh, shit in her mouth. And... Um, Spit it out to Bianca. So we have that matchup coming as well. Um, we have possibly Rhea and Natalia going against each other, which, you know, okay. We had Cody who cut a, he cut a really good promo. Okay. I know I am the H-A-T-A of Cody Rhodes, but I can admit when he is a good baby face, he cut a pretty good promo. Sometimes some of the things he's saying though, I'm like, bro, you I don't know if you're rereading, if somebody's writing this promo for you or you're writing it, but you're not rereading yourself. Because he was like, well, what happens when the crowd, when, he was like, I know you're the next best thing, but what happens when the crowd says next? I'm like, bro, the crowd has yet to say next for the past 20 years, okay? This motherfucker comes out with a hat and a, and a trench coat and the internet goes crazy. And, you know, I'm sure people started buying cowboy hats, stuff like that. The motherfucker came out as farmer Brock Lesnar and people popped. Okay. You what the last, the only time with that we really said next was when he defeated the undertaker at WrestleMania 30, which kind of still hurts for me to even say that, but I still cheer for motherfucking, I still pop for Brock Lesnar despite all that. So He's like, I get what he was saying, but now you gotta, you gotta, you should have scratched that line out. People aren't saying next. Okay. Brock Lesnar could disappear for like three months, come back wearing a fucking clown, a clown costume and we'll still pop. We're like, look, it's clown Lesnar. Stop it. Uh, Dom, what's up? First fucking lady. Gunther is dope. No matter the color. I do miss old Jaws music when he came out. Yes, I miss the Imperium old theme. I love the Imperium old theme, especially when the crowd was sing along with it. Chef's kiss. Loved it. But thank you, Dom, for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Top Rope Wrestling Talk podcast as well, which is featured on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Cody, Cody, Cody does cut some good promos, stuff like that. Get the crowd cheering and stuff like that. But there's some things that he'd be saying, like, I just want him to get, I don't know. I get that he's supposed to be ultimate babyface, but it's like, bro, I know you defeated Brock Lesnar, but you defeated Brock Lesnar on a technicality. Like you rolled over. Like he was about, he was about to fucking break your arm. So I wouldn't sit there and talk with my chest out or anything like that. 
Like, I get that you beat Brock Lesnar, but you beat Brock Lesnar on a roll-up, and then you pieced out of there. And you only pieced out of there because you knew he was about to whoop your ass again. So I wouldn't sit here and talk hot shit or anything like that. Like, I'll sit there and say I technically beat Brock Lesnar, but I'm not going to talk hot shit like what if the fans say next or anything like that. We're not saying next. We uh, we're counting how many times he suplexes you. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, overall between Raw and SmackDown, it's getting good as we work towards the uh, cards for um, Night of Champions. So as of right now, we have Seth Rollins going against AJ Styles, Cody going against Brock Lesnar, Sammy and KO going against Roman and Solo, uh, Gunther versus Ali. Bianca versus Asuka. I'm guessing we're going to eventually do Rhea Ripley versus Natalia. Whoever Austin Theory is going to be going against as well. And then if they decide to add a non-title match here or there, who knows? Um, they may be keeping it up like that. I have yet to really... I still don't watch NXT consistently like that. I only watch really NXT. I watch the like go home show or whatever, of whatever pay-per-view is happening. Um, truthfully, I feel like with NXT is similar to a soap opera where you cannot, where you don't have to watch like week to week, but you can watch the uh, premium live events and still know what's going on. So that's what I kind of been doing. I'll watch the premium live event and I still, and I can like easily catch up on what's going on with it. So interesting thing that's happening next week. Um, it's a it's going to be a battleground for certain. We have NXT battleground happening on um, happening on Sunday. Yes, Sunday. The same time, same exact time as Double or Nothing, which is very interesting. Um, but for NXT battleground, we have as of right now Carmelo Hayes going against uh, Braun Breaker. Um, we still have the um, tournament match going on for the NXT women's title. Um, Namdar Nam and Dragon Lee going against each other. Wesley versus Tyler Bate versus Joe Gacy for the NXT North American Championship. Probably going to have like one or two more matches there as well. Um, I believe probably for the tag team titles at that point. So we shall see what happens. Um, so now going into um, AEW recap. Um, first of all, we had a lot that has happened at um, AEW. Um, now I know they've been they've been really concentrating on the four pillars, and that's what this um, that's what this past Dynamite was going on about. It's a bunch of yelling going on outside. Um, that's what this past Dynamite was about, was about the four pillars. And we had the three of them in the match, mainly. And then MJF had a um, interview backstage where he knocked the microphone out of the hand of Renee Young. I think it's smart for them to do the um, matches with the four pillars to kind of like put them over a little bit more instead of just having them, all three of them in the ring and just cutting promos against each other. The thing is, though, some of the match choices were a bit weird. So we had Darby Allen teaming up randomly um, against Orange Cassidy in a match. So it didn't really put... If the spotlight was more put on Orange Cassidy 
more than Darby Allen, even though it was Darby Allen who was getting the hot tags. Um, but it was Orange Cassidy who kind of like stole the sh- kind of like stole the spotlight in that matchup. But then we had Sammy Guevara for some reason do a squash match, which made no sense at all. He did a promo afterwards, which I'm assuming the reason why we had the squash match. But it's like we don't really need we don't really need Sammy Guevara to do a squash match uh, to put him over for this title. And then it's also a bit weird that we have Sammy Guevara, I guess, trying to be face after he was just heel and was buddy-buddy with MJF. And it wasn't like he was buddy-buddy with MJF because he knew what was happening. It was about to play him. He was legit buddy-buddy with MJF. Like, he was like, oh, you're my best friend. We're wearing shirts. And he only felt sorry because MJF wouldn't give him a ride. So it's just like we're a little... Just a little bit confusing there as far as the uh, booking. Like, we're not exactly consistent with what's going on. Um, but the biggest thing, of course, was what happened with these guys right here. Um, we had Don Collis, who was who had turned on Kenny Omega, and he was coming out to talk about why he turned on Kenny didn't really tell us the reason why he turned on Kenny before um, Kenny came out. And then the Blackpool Combat Club came out and attacked. Um, I really love the fact, and I said this before, that if it is Don Collis that is behind the Blackpool Combat Club, that we're not getting like the exact indicator that is, is actually him. Like we're going off the assumption because every time he is in trouble, here comes the Blackpool Combat Club coming to help out. So I love the fact that it's not being put out there for us. It's not like they held out his hand or anything like that, that we're kind of adding another layer to this whole story um, because we don't know the reason why all of a sudden the Blackpool Combat Club is interested in the elite, except for the fact they feel as though they are the elite faction of AEW. Um, but yeah, Kenny was getting beaten down and stuff like that. Um, and then the Young Bucks came out. Now, the Young Bucks were attacked by the Blackpool Combat Club earlier today in the parking lot, which was a which was a cool little beatdown. We saw, you know, a car getting involved and everything like that. Um, as my, as you see, my sometimes cold fur holes here, Oreo, she loves to get into the camera from time to time. If <laughs> you saw her little head pop up there. Um, so they got beat down in the parking lot and, uh, they came out and everything like that, but it was still three versus four. And so here comes Hangman Page, Hangman Adam Page to, a, of course, a big pop and everything, uh, because then everybody realized, Hey, the elite is actually back together again, which finally was a continuation from what we got, what, what, three fucking months ago when, they cut off Dynamite suddenly when the Elite was standing behind Hangman Page. And before you could turn around and look at them, they cut Dynamite. I guess it's a continuation from there. If you, I mean, if you don't watch Being the Elite, you probably don't even have the exact details of what came about and how they came together. I don't exactly know because I have Being the Elite, you know, added to my watch later list on YouTube and I haven't fucking gotten around to watch them all. Um, so I don't know either if they actually um, made it clear on being the elite, the, re- the exact reason how, the exact way that they came back together again. 
So who knows? Um, but Hangman Adam Page came out with the brown eye patch, which, um, first of all, that that got me. Um, the Hubs was watching at that time, and when we saw the eye patch, like jokes started flying everywhere. He, um, of course, went the II captain and everything. I, of course, was like, what what you buying, you know, for my Resident Evil fans and for my Game of Thrones fans, the guy who loves to say the Lord of the Lord of Light, you know, with the eye patch and everything like that. I and I'm and then I was like, well, are we going to do an eye for an eye match or anything? I know I just put that out there. Um, Tony Khan is listening. Please do not do an eye for an eye match. Um, you're at war with WWE. Don't copy them. Um but yeah, I, I get that he got the eye thing with the screwdriver and stuff like that. So we're selling that with the eye patch. But yeah, the eye patch brought out so many damn jokes out of me. Uh, the whatcha buying, um, which probably may be the quote of the, which may be the quote of the episode uh, for next week. Um, and they announced that we are going to have an anarchy in the arena match. And if you don't remember what that was, that was the match where we had. Um, John Moxley music playing continuously as the crowd was singing it um, when they went against, um, what was it, Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Um, so not not silly crazy like the stadium stampede. This feels like this is going to be a full-out brawl um, as we are working towards double or nothing as well. Um, also on the show too, we had uh, first of all Jay Lethal um, pulling his pulling his pants. Um, the Hubs was watching at that point too. He made a reference to something I didn't even see before. Apparently, there was an um, a segment back in 1989 between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, where Ric Flair, of course, was telling Steamboat like, you know, you like my $1,500 suit and stuff like that. You like my mink coat. Um, you know, tell your wife, tell the missus to do, to tell the missus, join the missus to do the dishes or something like that. Um, and Ricky had started beating up on Ric Flair, tore his pants and his pants tore exactly the same way that Jay Lethal's pants tore. And we know that Jay Lethal is a big Ric Flair fan. So, I, I think me and the hubs think that it was a direct callback to that segment. Um, it was bar, it was bar fight music. Was it? No, there was, I thought they was playing John Moxley's theme though, like for most of the time, but yeah, it was, it still was a crazy match. First off. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah, it was still a crazy ass match. Um, yeah, and then uh, then a segment with Jay Lethal. Um, we had um, Karen Jarrett pop up. First of all, I thought it was a new female wrestler. I I legit thought that um, it was like I thought it was someone like Raquel Rodriguez or something like that. Um, no, I'm saying that was the vibe of the match. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The it was like straight out brawl. So I think that's what we're going to get here between these two. 
I would love to know the over and under of how long it will take for John Moxley to start bleeding. He may come out bleeding from the entrance. Who knows? He may bump into someone's plastic red cup and immediately start bleeding. I thought the same thing when I saw Lethal get his pants ripped up. Yeah, as soon as the hub saw that, he immediately <laughs> called it. I don't know how the hell he remembered that from 1980. I don't know how the hell he remembered that segment. But yeah, he immediately mentioned like, yeah, all oh, that's a callback to Ric Flair getting the pants ripped. Because the rips, the pants were ripped is in the exact same fucking way, which was crazy. So I thought Karen Jarrett was like a new female, like, you know, the um a China a China wrestler basically, or like Raquel Rodriguez or something like that. I thought that's what she was. I thought we were getting like the female powerhouse to like help out until they was like, oh, it's Karen Jarrett. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is she? Like, I, I know why she's there, but I'm like, why the fuck is she here? Um, Like you, like you need someone to blow, blow, in or you need someone to give a low blow for you to win the match. Like, why can't you do that yourself? Like you got, you have like two other people standing on the outside. Like you, you don't need any additional help. This is starting, like, this is starting to get to like, it's like they saw how many people interfere in a match for like the bloodline. And um, it's like they saw how many people, uh, you know, interfere in the bloodline. And they, and Tony Khan was like, oh, we can do that too. And now we're like adding people to the fucking um, TNA faction, I guess I should call them. Um, but yeah. So then we also had. Um, Roderick Strong going against Chris Jericho in the Falls Count Anywhere match. I actually really like this match. I love the fact that the Falls did count everywhere. We went everywhere in the arena. We went into the stairwell. We went into the, um, of course, everybody named Mama was um, in the um, corridors of the arena, um, in the hallways of the arena, trying to uh, fight. And um, what was it? Oh, it was ice cream. They got put into Jericho's face and Jericho grabbed something from the trash can to wipe his face. I'm like, sir, like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you do that? I'm sure a fan would have happily have given you their jacket or something for you to wipe their face, wipe your face on so that they can take it and then sell it on eBay. But it was a fun match. It went to the outside um, and then we had Adam Cole who interfered because he was banned from the building. And I was like, that is a very cool, that's actually very good. I don't think I have seen that come into play where someone was banned from the building and the match was a false county where I went outside the building and said person was able to interfere because they were actually outside the building. I was like, that's a bit clever. I don't think I have seen that before. We probably have seen it in NXT, maybe. I think we may have seen that, something like that, NXT. But I don't recall really seeing anything like that. Those chops sounded so loud. Ouch. Yes. Roderick's, well, no, it was Chris Jericho's chest. Like, both of their chests was like, whoa, sir. Um, but I am happy that Roderick Strong and Adam Cole are together. I'm waiting for Kyle Riley to come back. I know Bobby the Fish is calling Tony Khan, like, please. Please, 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 sitting here sounding like Keith Sweat on on Tony Khan's answer on Tony Khan's voicemail. 
Like, please take me back, okay? Sitting here playing Drew Hill, you know, in the background, sitting there and playing some um, Brian McKnight, you know, playing all the all the songs, all the Take Me Back songs, okay? Just take me back, please, 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 you know, begging, 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 please take me back. I am so sorry. <laughs> Let me back with my friends, please. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> Zevin said, I'm down on my knees, begging you, please. <laughs> he is begging, begging to come back, sitting there telling Tony, you're the book, you're the, you're the promoter of the year. I'll vote for you. You're better than Vince. You're better than Triple H. You're better than them all. Sitting there going, he's about to start going around to different podcasts. Like, yes, AW is the best company I ever worked for. You know, <laughs> Tony Khan is the best boss that anyone could ever have. You know, he'll, he's going to go around on an apology tour. Okay. That man is going to be singing the blues, sitting there bringing a, a violin and a saxophone player all around with him while he's sitting there just hoping and praying he gets back to AEW so that the Undisputed Elite will be fully um, reunited. And we also, so technically the main event, even though we did have uh, the Don Collis segment and everything like that, the actual main event match was Jay White going against Ricky Starks. Now, this wasn't actually a good match and everything like that. It's just the finish that I definitely hated. Something that both companies, they love to have these fucked finishes. Dom said, Bobby like, hey, TK, do I ever cross your mind? <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> do you ever wake up reaching out for me? <laughs> Sitting here singing some Brian McKnight, yo. He's he's doing like the old school. You, I'm about to bring back memories again. Here is bring back memory moment of this week playing the song in the voicemail you know when you know back in the day where we left voicemails and we played the song i know we did it for when we set up our voicemail or when we um did the uh, call waiting as well people under 20 probably don't even know what the hell we're talking about but the call waiting and stuff like that so Bobby Fish is probably leaving voicemails, playing the song, and then go, hey, Tony, this is Bobby the Fish. I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking about you, and I want you to call me back. Y'all know the voice. <laughs> Y'all know the voice. But yeah, it was actually a bit of a good match, uh, getting back to Jay White and Ricky Starks. But it was just the finish that was just so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh Tom said, Oh yeah, totally guilty. I had the call, I had the call waiting. I was so hyped to be able to have the call waiting. I think it was it was like with certain carriers or certain phones or something like that. It was a service that you had to pay for. And I think when I I was like with uh Timo, I was I forgot who I what carrier I was with. And I think I switched to like Sprint and they had the call waiting and I got that service and I was so hyped to be able to play a song as my call waiting tone. It was amazing. 
Um, Devin says, poor Jay White with that mid reaction from the crowd. I was afraid of this. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I felt as though he would have got this type of reaction, whether he was with AEW or WWE, because not a lot of American fans know who the fuck Jay White is. Like people know, like people like us know who Jay White is because we're familiar with New Japan and stuff like that. But New Japan is not featured in America, like not really featured that much or promoted, I should say, that much in America where American crowds kind of know who he is. It was very like people knew New Japan back when we had, you know, Bullet Club with um, Finn Balor and even Bullet Club with Kenny Omega and stuff like that. Once the Bullet, once the Bullet Club went to Jay White, pop, in my opinion, the popularity for New Japan kind of went down from there in America. Um, so not a lot of people really know who Jay White is. I feel as though if he was the go to WWE, it probably would have been a less of a reaction because probably people would never don't know who the fuck he is. Just like how people don't even know who. JD is when Gunther first came up, he really didn't get that much of a reaction either. Um, Dom said Verizon did that forever. When you called me, you hear the Rocky theme instead of a ring. I forgot what song I had back then as my as my um call waiting tone. I forgot what song I had back then. I was so hype. I was so hype. And then it wasn't, and then the call waiting thing didn't even last that long. So I didn't even really I forgot how long I had it for, and I forgot what song I had. I changed the songs a couple of times, though. I remember that. Like, whatever song I felt, I, I whatever, whatever song I felt, like, I guess it was, like, I think it was seasonal or something like that. Like, I changed it every season or something. Like, you'll change up the, the song or everything. Um, Devin says, I think WWE would have gave Jay White some video, video package like they did for JD. True. Um, true. Yeah, Triple H would have handled him a little bit more correctly. I think it's just the initial crowd reaction for, like they would have had to have done, um, I call it like a, not really Y2J, but they would have had to have done like a several video packages, like sort of like what we had with um, Cody Rhodes coming back, how we had like multiple video packages for him and stuff like that. Like, I feel as though with that casual crowd, because WWE is such in a bubble, that we probably would have had to have done it for Jay White. If we really wanted Jay White to really be in that immediate star status, and you didn't want him to be teamed up with anyone, I feel as though we would have had to have done, like, like we would have had to have done a lot, a very good video package. Because I don't know if WWE would have been able to show what he like his stuff in New Japan to really show like what he can do. Um, but the thing with AEW is AEW, AEW Tony the way that they book they immediately feel as though you should know everything. Like you should be watching Being the Elite, you should be watching New Japan, um, you should be watching Impact, AAA, and all that. Like, you should already know who these people are. And if you want to grow your audience, and if you want to bring in new people, you kind of have to explain to people, like, who they are. Like, AEW, AEW has, the, has a, a large enough audience that doesn't follow, you know, the indies or New Japan and stuff like that. So you kind of have to explain to people what's going on and who this person is. 
I think what really is doing it for Jay White is the fact that, truthfully, he's being teamed up with Juice Robinson, which really hasn't, who really hasn't been like in like not even mid card booking um, so far. He his booking is pretty much like AW Dark type of situation. Like he was in like a mini feud with Ricky Stars before all this, and so. Because of that, and now you're putting Jay White with him, it feels like Jay White, Jay White has um Jay White's status has been brought down to Juice Robinson Robinson instead of Juice being brought up to um Jay White's status. I think if we had Jay White into like a feud with Samoa Joe or not you can't really throw him into the elite just yet or with Blackpool Combat Club just yet. But I feel as though if we had thrown him into a a better type, a better feud or something, I think he would have gotten bigger reactions than what he's getting now. I think the fact that even though him versus Ricky Starks is a fun feud, promo-wise, in my opinion, I think the fact that he is teaming up with Juice Robinson and they're like being called um, Bullet Club Gold or whatever like that, I think the fact that it's Juice Robinson is the Juice Robinson factor that I think isn't really helping Jay White at, at all. I think if, like I said, I think if they had put him in a higher, higher feud, I think Jay White probably would have gotten better. Like they, I mean, we saw like video packages of Jay White when he's like cutting promos and stuff like that uh, against Ricky Starks, and we see Ricky Starks, but I don't know. It just feels like. It's not, um, it's not helping, it's not helping at all. So maybe, hopefully, if we are, um, if he's going to be at double or nothing or something like that, that'll be, we'll see something better happen with that. Um, but the finish for the Jay White and Ricky Starks match was dumb as hell. Very bad decision. To have Ricky Starks hit Jay White with the chair, and intentionally get himself disqualified. It's like, why? Why like why would you intentionally get yourself disqualified? And it's not like he snapped or he was like so like so much shit has happened that he was pushed to um hit him with the chair. Like, you know, we see in the spots where someone has the chair and they're like wanting to hit someone with it and they're like, you know, trying to restrain themselves from hitting the person with the chair. And, you know, they, they come to that point where it's like, do I or do I not? And it felt like for what happened in the match, it really didn't call for um, Ricky Starks to intentionally get himself DQ. So it, it's dumb. I understand that you probably want to push this feud off until double or nothing, but you could have had it done in a different way. You could have had Ricky Starks. Um, you could have had an interference or something like that, or you could have Ricky Stark snap. Like you could have had, he'd even beat down um, Jay White once the match had finished. Like it wasn't like a, um, what was it? It wasn't like, you know, a Brock Lesnar type of situation where he just gets upset and like fucking goes off or anything. He like sat there, <laughs> tapped, Jay White with the chair in front of the ref. And then, I mean, no, he hit Juice Robinson and then he hit Jay White with the chair and then got disqualified from there. 
And so, you know, shaking my head with that one. That didn't make any sense. So now we are working towards um, double or nothing. We have um, MJF, of course, the four pillars match. MJF, Jungle Boy, uh, uh, Darby Allin, and Sammy Guevara for the AEW World Championship. The Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club in Anarchy in the Arena match. Jamie Hayter going against Tony Storm for the AEW Women's title. Warlow versus Christian Cage for the lat- in a ladder match for the TNT Championship. And then, uh, first of all, Orange Cassidy cracked me the fuck up with this setup. Um, he, of course, was in pain. Uh, Renee, Renee mentioned how a lot of people want to face him. He was like, yeah, I'll face them all. They can go talk to Tony Khan. And apparently 20 people had talked to Tony Khan. And he was like, 20 people? He was like, that's a lot of people. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. He was like, there's 20 plus me is 21. You know, we can have a blackjack battle royale. And then he looked at Renee. He was like, do you want to be in this too? And she was like, no. He was like, okay, cool. Like, first of all, I have a soft spot with Orange Cassidy. Um, Ever since I found out he was fucking Fire Ant and Chikara, I love him. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Chikara, but I know about the fucking Ant Society in there. And when I found out he was Fire Ant, I didn't believe he was Fire Ant until I saw him do the kip, kip up and he does a kick. He does that little kick whenever he does a kip up. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he is Fire Ant because Fire Ant does the same thing. So I'm a, I'm a fan of Orange Cassidy solely because of that. But we're going to have Orange Cassidy defend the IC title in, against 20 wrestlers in a Blackjack Battle Royale. And then we have FTR going against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett for the AEW Tag Team Championship with Mark Briscoe as the special guest referee. A part of me wants Team TNA to win these tag team titles just for chaos, too. Um, I love chaos. I, lo- I just love seeing. I just love seeing the chaos. I will love. And the part of me wants Team TNA to get the titles because a lot of people are sick and tired of Jeff Jarrett being on TV. But to me, um, I don't know. I find I find the stuff that he does pretty funny, in my opinion, um, especially with. FTR, you know, I'm blind. Uh, I'm blind. Perfect pile driver, but I'm blind. So with FTR. So I find that funny. But yeah, next week is going to be a lot of motherfucking wrestling. I tell you a lot of wrestling. That's going to be a very long weekend. I'm going to miss. Um, I'll be missing Night of Champions because I got to do mom stuff. Um, so I'm going to have to watch it back at some point. Um, as far as like double double or nothing and NXT, I don't know what I'm going to do. I probably will more likely watch double or nothing and catch NXT the next day or something like that since I don't watch NXT consistently. For, but for those who love NXT and AEW as well, y'all going to have to like sit there and be on multiple phones or have multiple monitors or TVs up watching watching everything going down. But yeah, it's going to be a crazy, crazy week next week. At least it's Memorial Day for those who celebrate, who have the three-day weekend off and everything. At least we'll have that extra day to kind of like rest, <laughs> barbecue and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a crazy week next week. 
Um, but that's it for the Russell Bread Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, be sure to check out the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Check out the website at bloodlinenetwork.com. Like I said earlier, there are so many great articles out there. There's so many great writers out there, okay, who actually are passionate and care about what they're saying. And they want to give you good information. They want to give you good numbers. They want to give you good picks and stuff like that. All right. They don't want to steer you wrong. Okay. So be sure to check out all the great articles that's going on out there as well. And like I said, if you love this podcast, if you love checking out this live stream, like I said, I'm here every week live on the Bloodline Entertainment Network YouTube channel. Be sure to check out the other podcasters that, that we are we have out there. Cage My IQ, Circle Debate, Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, Out of Here Podcast, Raw Dogging with De Niro, which you can find on Mondays. He watches the last 30 minutes of Raw. Roto Slappers, Top Rope Wrestling Talk, The Broadcast Podcast, The Debate Center, The Tim King Show, The Universal Wrestling Podcast, our newest show, the director's cut if you are a fan of movies and stuff like that entertainment be sure to check out the director's cut every tuesday our newest show out there as well you can find me on twitter at jdc137 you can also find the podcast at russell bread as well be sure to click the links in the bios for the instagram the facebook and the tiktok as well I come to you every week live, L-I-V-E, live every Thursday at 9 p.m. EST, only on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Be sure to smash that like button, okay? Smash that like button like, I don't know, okay? Like Brock Lesnar wanting to smash Cody Rhodes' face, okay? All right. Be sure to subscribe as well. Put the ones in the chat and acknowledge us. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Okay. First of all, shout out to the broadcast podcast. Great stream, JD. Thank you so much. Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Devin saying great show. Thank First Lady. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for checking us out. And, you know, for all of our podcasts, listen, it is a great thing going on around here. You want to know why you want to check out the Bloodline Entertainment Network? Check us out and find out for yourself why you should be checking us out. We have something going on here on a daily basis as well. And as I said, I have an announcement. And my announcement is not that I have an announcement next week, okay, Tony Khan. I actually have an announcement. And that is... Someone has been asking, and I saw it in the chat a few weeks ago, hey, you guys cover sports, you guys cover entertainment, you guys cover sports entertainment, you guys cover movies and anime and stuff like that, but what about video games? And I am here to tell you, we cover video games too, baby. I will be streaming live, L-I-V-E, on Twitch, okay? I will be streaming, playing video games, stuff like that, starting on Monday. At 11, at 11, 10 p.m. EST, okay? Be sure to check out Raw Dogging with De Niro as he recaps, as he watches and talk about the last 30 minutes of Raw. And then you turn around on Twitch and you come and join your girl. Late night gaming with JD, okay? And I'll be playing Fall Guys this Monday, all right? I may put out, as far as what I will play next, I may put out a poll out there because there's a number of games that I want to play that I would love for people to come in, chat, hang out, have a good time, drink beer, drink some wine, whatever. 
whatever it is that you do, be sure to check us out as well. And there's going to be a lot more coming as well. Um, we will have Devin V will be streaming as well later on in the week. But you can check me out on Mondays at 11.10 p.m., um, probably 11.15. Uh, be, be sure to follow us and I'll give the exact time. You can also find me streaming as well on Tuesdays as well. And like, like I said, we cover everything. All right. We don't want to steer you wrong. Check out the website. Check us out. Put the ones in the chat and acknowledge us. And thank you so much for listening. I am JD, the first effing lady. And until next time, guys, peace. You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. Yeah, we, we. With one beer.